multidisciplinary teams have a very important role to play with ILD diseases, IPF, PF, all diseases, because you're getting a group of doctors, consultants uh, together discussing all of their patients on what the best steps are for their patients. That's Ron from the UK, who has lived with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis for several years, describing the importance of multidisciplinary teams, or MDTs, in delivering care for people with the condition. Welcome to Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis, a podcast by Boeringa Ingelheim. I'm Louis, and I'll be joined by people living with this rare disease as well as by some of those who care for them, to understand the important role played by multidisciplinary teams. So, what exactly is an MDT? Let's hear from our guests. First, Dr. Letitia Kawano Dorado, a pulmonologist at the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil. Yeah, so in an MDT, you will bring together uh, physicians from different specialties, other healthcare providers, if available, like an ILD nurse, for example, a psychologist. And uh, we can also have, um, depending on, on, on the level of the MDT, you can have a geneticist. Dr. Elizabeth Volkman a rheumatologist and director of the University of California, Los Angeles Scleroderma Program, and the founder and co-director of the Connective Tissue Disease-Related Interstitial Lung Disease Program at the university, believes that an MDT can help simplify the process for patients. The purpose of these groups is to develop you know, consensus, a diagnosis based on consensus, treatments based on consensus. So in the end, this kind of unifying process can help send a a central message to the patient that's less confusing than if they went to all these different providers individually and heard different things. Now that we've been introduced to what MDTs are, let's learn about their structure, how they are organized, and who participates in an MDT. First, Dr. Vanessa Smith, a rheumatologist from the University of Ghent, Belgium, describes the composition and routine of her MDT. I'm the coordinating medical doctor of the weekly systemic cirrhosis multidisciplinary team. And this brings together the pulmonologist, the cardiologist and the rheumatologist, and in which we discuss all systemic cirrhosis patients that come for the yearly expert center multidisciplinary evaluation. As a rheumatologist, I also take part in the monthly progressive pulmonary fibrosis multidisciplinary team, which is led by the pulmonologist, and which consists of a pulmonologist, a radiologist, an occupational medical doctor, and pathologist. Dr. Kawano Dorado describes how her MDT meetings run and her approach to achieving consensus between the different participating specialists. What is important is to have a structure, so the meeting is chaired, the discussion is uh, led by someone that will uh, guide the members towards a consensual uh, decision. We should remember that uh, when we talk about uh, group decisions, not everybody needs to have the same level of approval of that uh, reach the decision, but uh, we all agree. Uh, some in some people in more or less extent that it's it's the 
pathway that will be pursued for that patient. Although Dr. Volkman co-directs her MDT, primary providers take the lead for their own patients. I also serve as the leader of this group, um, one of the co-directors. So I have another co-director and he's a pulmonologist. And I think what we both try to do is create a place where people feel comfortable sharing. So we let everyone introduce their patients and we make sure that whoever is doing the introduction to the patient is that patient's primary provider so they can give us their own story and their own words. And then we have everyone else after that chime in. Dr. Kawano Dorado's goals are to gain alignment, achieve diagnosis, and define management plans. As a pulmonologist participating in an MDT, usually the clinician, the pulmonologist, is the one chairing the MDT. So my role is to bring the clinical data to, quote, chair the MDT. So the case is discussed. We'll have the radiologist input, the pathologist input, if that is the case, if there is histology involved. And then there will be discussions on the diagnosis and the management plan. And my role is to chair that, to guide the group towards a consensus in diagnosis. And that can be a working diagnosis, a provisional diagnosis, and the management plan. Dr. Volkman explains how the range of different specialties that participate in an MDT can benefit patients. As a rheumatologist, I provide um, a different perspective than the pulmonologist and radiologist because oftentimes the pulmonologist and radiologist is really focused on the lung disease in these patients. So they, they may not even look beyond the lung. <laughs> Whereas as a rheumatologist, I, I look at the whole person. So I have an awareness of how their condition is affecting other parts of their body too, like their skin uh, or their joints or their muscles. Harry, from the Netherlands, who lives with familial pulmonary fibrosis, recognizes that calling on a range of medical specialists is critical to help improve care. Your family doctor, because it all starts there. He's not part of the multidisciplinary team, but it is extremely important that he knows better what pulmonary fibrosis means and also in the run of the disease itself. There are more people involved which could help you in one way or another to uh, deal uh, with the disease. I don't want to be seen as a patient. I do have an illness uh, or a disease, but I'm not a patient. Now let's explore how effective the MDT approach is in providing care for people with pulmonary fibrosis. Dr. Kawano Dorado describes why MDTs matter. This is a complex disease, pulmonary fibrosis and other interstitial lung disease. These are complex diseases. You need a team of specialists. It's very unlikely that a 25-minute appointment will do the job. So we'll need an ILD nurse, social worker, psychologist, and other specialties if necessary. Harry explains why he sees this coordinated approach as vital. A multidisciplinary team is necessary first and foremost because of the fact that there is so little known about the disease. We don't know the causes of the uh, disease. There's another element as well. It's a multifaceted uh, type of disease. 
it doesn't only inflict you in your lungs, but in fact, it has also to do with what you're eating, uh, how you do behave. Dr. Volkman notes that an MDT approach to care and treatment planning can provide clarity for patients. There's a cohesive plan for the patient that the patient understands and knows that, okay, my doctors are talking to each other. This can make a patient feel really good when they know that everyone involved is aware of what's going on for them. Um, The other thing that it can be helpful on is sometimes these are tricky conditions. You know, sometimes it's not always clear what the pulmonary fibrosis is due to. And there's been many cases where I have questions and I need to ask for help from the pulmonologist or the radiologist. So these types of teams provide a really wonderful platform for asking questions for complicated cases and even coming up for treatment plans when, again, these cases are not so straightforward. Harry appreciates that specialists are busy and can be difficult to reach. He knows that leveraging extended team members, such as a pulmonary nurse, can be easier. There are a couple of persons that are working in a hospital. First and foremost, it's of course my lung specialists, and that is very important, a pulmonary nurse. If I want to reach one of the two, I can almost always count on the pulmonary nurse. It's far more difficult for the lung specialists to be directly reachable in the hospital. But the pulmonary nurse is very easy to reach and very easy to call. That's the nucleus of uh, the team. At the background of that team... Dr. Smith believes that including a range of specialties in an MDT can mean that complications are more quickly and accurately diagnosed. Every rare disease, whether it is systemic cirrhosis or systemic cirrhosis complicated by lung fibrosis, needs a multidisciplinary team. A multidisciplinary team attests truly that one plus one equals more than two. Each specialty can bring in a wealth of experience from his or her own background. Take the example of a patient with interstitial lung disease and negative anti-nuclear antibodies, but with having a skin rash and subtle muscle weakness. The rheumatologist, for example, may point out that there are maybe an underlying immune disease such as dermatomyositis. Dr. Kawano Dorado believes that MDTs can even help accelerate care and improve decision-making. MDTs are pretty interesting because they shorten lead times. They improve communication and coordination between interdisciplinary teams that in the end will, will in fact add the, a better decision-making process. So I see it as a very positive element in the caring of patients with pulmonary fibrosis and ILD in general. Now that we've heard about the structure and effectiveness of MDTs, let's acknowledge that the approach can sometimes come with its own challenges. Maxine is married to Ron. She feels that the two of them have to sometimes shoulder the responsibility for sharing information between different members of their medical care team. People don't realise that if you have some form of issue with your disease, whether it be more breathlessness, whether it be, you know, you're coughing more, you feel like you've got worse. If you don't tell them before your appointment, they don't know. 
they won't have been told by your doctor and they won't have been told by any other hospital that you're seen by. It, it's up to you to tell the team what is happening. And I think that is something that is actually not understood that well. Dr. Kawano Dorado understands that the complexity of MDTs can make them difficult for patients to fully understand. So from the perspective of someone being cared for, it might be that the patient, for example, may fear about the expertise of those integrating the MDT as the focal point will be the clinician. So the patient does not know the radiologist, the pathologist or the rheumatologist or whoever else will be present in the MDT. That might be also fears of losing control of the decision-making process as there are a bunch of people gathering to discuss your case and then you feel like your voice will lose power. Um, these are things that I can imagine that might go through the minds of some patients and we can address it. In general, what I see in practice is that the patients like that their cases are discussed in MDTs. Dr. Kawano Dorado also appreciates that in the real-world setting, MDTs may not have access to the ideal range of medical disciplines that they need. The truth is, um, I don't have access to an ILD nurse. It's a pity. I would say an ILD nurse would be my dream as a physician, that could uh, completely complement uh, the care delivered to the patient, providing, helping us uh, provide a more holistic approach to the patient for now on my wish list for an MDT. Other professionals that can add to the team are social workers, like, for example, there are management plans that uh, are not feasible to the case we're discussing because of social issues. So it's bringing a social worker on board uh, can also bring uh, MDT discussions uh, more uh, grounded on solid ground instead of just theoretical discussions of what would be ideal for a certain case. Dr. Volkman cautions that without proper communication between specialists, MDTs can become disjointed. The multidisciplinary team can enhance someone's care because the first thing it does is it helps improve the coordination of care. Um, so oftentimes patients see different specialists and providers, and if those providers aren't talking to each other, the care plans for the patient can become disjointed to the point where maybe one doctor recommends one thing and the other doctor represents the opposite. And so by having this group of people that talks together about the plan, it improves the coordination. Despite these challenges, our guests recognize the role of MDTs in improving care overall. Ron doesn't need to know all the members of his multidisciplinary team to appreciate the value that it brings to his care. I'm getting the best care that a patient could hope so, but what I'm fighting for and what I need other patients is to get to these multidisciplinary teams i don't know really what they consist of how many people are involved but what i do know is 
they do discuss their patients, whether it be on a weekly or two weekly basis. You are discussed by multidisciplinary team and they do discuss your care or your care plan. Dr. Kawano Dorado acknowledges that while working as a team can pose challenges, it can lead to positive outcomes overall. Potential challenge is to reach an accepted consensual working diagnosis or management plan. When there are divergent views on the case, that might happen. But honestly, since the members integrating the MDT have different backgrounds, usually what we have, what we have is a synergy, synergy, because they bring different expertise to the table and that comes together in synergy instead of antagonism. Dr. Smith also believes that MDTs have value, even before the initial diagnosis, and emphasises that both patients and their carers should be involved to achieve the best outcomes. Concerning the diagnosis for the patient is a challenge to know that accurate and timely diagnosis preferably starting with instant referral upon presentation, has been done. Access to high-quality and diagnostic testing, preferably at a recognized center of expertise with a full multidisciplinary team, is also frequently a challenge. Concerning treatment, ideally drug treatment should be available for the patients and reimbursed upon diagnosis, and patients and their carers should be involved in the multidisciplinary team. We end this episode by hearing Dr. Volkman's thoughts on how she sees MDTs expanding to encompass a wider range of specialties in the future. Initially, the MDT was like pulmonologists and um, radiologists and pathologists sometimes. And then, you know, rheumatologists have been added to the, the team. And then, like I said, we include respiratory therapists in the team as well. Uh, sometimes nutritionists. And I think more and more I'm beginning to realize that we should probably have a gastroenterologist in our group just because um, sometimes patients with pulmonary fibrosis can have things like aspiration. Um, and this is something where the gastroenterologist can be very helpful in managing. And then it can also be helpful in some cases to have a cardiologist present. So many patients with interstitial lung disease can get pulmonary hypertension. And sometimes it's helpful to have a cardiologist there to help determine what that pulmonary hypertension is from. Is it from heart disease or is it from interstitial lung disease? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Journeys Through Pulmonary Fibrosis podcast. Our next episode will focus on the important topic of shared decision-making. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. There you will also find previous episodes you might have missed. Also, watch out for the new episodes of our third season. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to hello at berringer-ingelheim.com.